0: Hello, this is Pastor Sam DeChico from the Conquer Baptist Church of Wilmington, Delaware. We're so glad you could join us for today's broadcast. Conquer Baptist Church is located at 2510 Marsh Road in North Wilmington. We'd like to invite you out to one of our services. Sunday morning we have a Sunday school hour at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock morning service, and Sunday night at 6.30. Also, Wednesday night we have a Bible study at 7 o'clock, and wana for the kids. We'd like to also um, invite you out to uh, any of our special events we have coming up as we'll give announcements about them in the future we're also the home of Concord Christian Academy school goes from K 2 through 12th grade and uh, if you need any more information about our church or school ministries visit our website concordbaptistchurch.org as we go look at the Lord's Prayer uh, in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 after this manner, therefore, pray you, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Well, On a previous broadcast, we looked at the first part of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Today, I want us to look at the second part of the Lord's Prayer and I believe this part of the Lord's Prayer speaks about the priorities we should have when we pray our priorities in prayer notice it says in verse number 10 thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven it's all about God God's kingdom God's will Uh, that's the priority of our prayer now in the Lord's Prayer it's a very short prayer. It's only 66 words. It takes less than a minute to say the Lord's Prayer. But many times as uh, people uh, have prayed the Lord's Prayer, uh, the the insight of these words maybe don't really come through in their heart and in their mind. And that's why I want to look at these uh, these phrases more in depth today. So let's start with um, the first phrase, the first three words of verse number 10, thy kingdom come thy kingdom come it's kind of an interesting prayer a request that, that Jesus told us to pray for thy kingdom come well what kingdom are we talking about well we know that Jesus spoke much of the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven in uh, the uh, gospels Matthew Mark Luke John you see those phrases used quite often and uh, we know that as Jesus came to this earth uh, he was Preaching about a kingdom. John the Baptist before him said that uh, to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, for example, then in Matthew chapter 4, and uh, uh, Jesus also spoke about his kingdom how that uh, there was this kingdom that that he was going to preach. In verse 23 it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among uh, the people. And so he is now preaching the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of God. Is at hand. Well, the kingdom of God was prophesied in the Old Testament. It was this this kingdom which the descendant of David, the Messiah, would come and rule and reign from the the uh, lineage of David, and he would come and rule and reign from the seed of David in Jerusalem. And uh, there were many uh, requests, of course, about the kingdom of God. There was many uh, or many inquiries about the kingdom of God when Jesus spoke uh, when he was interviewed by the uh, Roman ruler in John chapter 18, for example. Pontius Pilate asked him, uh, "Are you the King of 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 the Jews, or are you are you a king as such?" And in uh, John chapter 18, uh, verse 36, and 37. Uh, We read this passage of scripture. It says, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. And Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into this world, that I should bear witness unto the truth everyone that is in the truth heareth my voice and so Jesus answered the question by saying yes he is the king of a kingdom but his kingdom is not here in this this world on earth now and um, how that uh, you know he was born to be a king if you remember the prophecy in Luke chapter 1 verse 33 when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and spoke about her son that she would bring forth And it says, uh, and he shall be great over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So uh, there was a prophecy that, that Jesus would come, he would rule, he would have a kingdom, his kingdom would be eternal. But yet as we see Jesus' ministry, he never established a kingdom here on earth. He never put together an army. He never sought to overthrow the Roman government. He never sought a title as king. His ministry was preaching and teaching, and his ministry was basically uh, uh, preparing people for his death, preparing people that he would die and he would resurrect to pay for their sins. And so there was no kingdom that there was there on earth that Jesus was involved in. In fact, the kingdom was delayed. The people had rejected Christ. And so now even his parables, as he spoke about the kingdom of God. It was all futuristic. His parables would talk about how that a master would go away and leave his servants with, with talents and then he'd return and, and they'd have to give an account for what they had done. A picture of how Christ would die, how he would return again some day and set up his kingdom and require each and every one of his servants to give an account of what they'd done uh, during his absence. When Jesus uh, was crucified, he resurrected and he walked on his earth for forty days and as he was about to send into heaven in Acts chapter 6 Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 uh, the, the, the disciples asked him a question And they said, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so as the question came to Jesus, uh, when is the kingdom coming? His answer that he gave them was, you're not going to know about it. Just stay busy witnessing, expanding the kingdom, kingdom winning people to Christ. And so uh, this is what Jesus' kingdom was all about. Well, later on in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said this also about the kingdom. He said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so the kingdom of God, is both futuristic and present. Uh, Jesus, at another point in Scripture, said that the kingdom of God was in us, meaning that, uh, yes, we look for a kingdom. We look for this millennial kingdom, this thousand-year rule and reign of Christ, as the book of Revelation teaches us. We look to someday that eternal kingdom when the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem will all come down. And King Jesus rules and reigns forever and ever. But until that kingdom comes, we are still supposed to live and seek the kingdom by living like we are in the kingdom, meaning that Jesus rules and reigns in our life and we're obedient to him and we serve him now, just like all the things we'll do when we are in his kingdom. And so uh, when we come together and pray, Jesus said, look forward to my kingdom, pray for my kingdom to come. As we look to this earth, we see that there's a lot of corrupt, Kingdoms throughout this world. There's a lot of corrupt governments. There's a lot, a lot of corrupt politicians. There are people that are le- in leadership that are not believers. There are people that uh, make rules and regulations that simply do not have any biblical background or, or biblical principles that they base things on. So that's not the kingdom. That's the kingdoms of this world, and the kingdoms of this world will always be corrupt because they're they're headed up by by uh, unsaved people or by people that that are not part of. Uh, the the eventual kingdom of God. And so we look to this world and we pray, Lord, we're excited about your kingdom. We want your kingdom to come. We desire for your kingdom to come. And so this is a great way to pray for the kingdom of God. And as we're waiting for the kingdom, we're saying, Lord, help me to live today as though I'm living in the kingdom. Thy kingdom come. And then as he continues in this, this uh, Lord's Prayer, the second part of this verse, uh, verse number 10 says this thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven well there's there's a, a mention here of of the will of God being done here on earth just like it's being done in heaven well everything in heaven is perfect God's will is, is perfect everybody in heaven is doing God's will the angels uh, proclaim God's holiness they're doing God's will the uh, saints of God that are in heaven now are all uh, living in accordance to the perfect plan, a perfect will of God, and so in heaven it represents everything is perfect, everything is right because the will of God is um, is taking place. But the, the the prayer we're to pray is just like things are perfect in heaven. This is what we want here on this earth. Now we know that we can't control everybody's desire and everybody's will, but we can control our own will. You see, every one of us was given a free will by God, from Adam and Eve uh, down to the very last person that ever lived on this earth. Every person was given and is been given and will be given a free will. When Adam and Eve were given a free will, they chose to use that will to sin against God. They ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, which was not the will of God. And uh, because of that, mankind now became sinners, and that's why we need Christ as our Savior to redeem us, Uh, so that our sins could be forgiven despite our will that uh, caused sin. And so each and every one of us, unfortunately, in our life, will not live uh, the will of God. When we sin, that's outside of the will of God. When we don't obey God, uh, his commandments, his laws, His, his leadership in our life, we will fail to obey the will of God. But our prayer should be that thy will be done in my life, So what does that take? Well, that means we have to surrender our will. We have a will. God has a will. Sometimes those wills are in conflict. Sometimes uh, you know, we have to make choices. Is it my will or God's will? Is it my way or God's way? And so every day as we pray this prayer, our prayer request is that, Lord, let your way, let your will be done. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his will uh, in his way. So God has a plan. His steps are uh, already planned out for us. We have to surrender surrender. surrender to that. Maybe every day in our prayer life as we pray this little prayer, we'll begin to think, Lord, today, what is your will for my life? Uh, How can I surrender my will to your life, to your will? And so when we surrender our will, it means also that we have to trust God to do whatever he wants to do. We have to trust God. We have to believe that his will is best and that his will may not be what our will is. His desires may not be what our desires are. But we have to trust God Uh, to to do whatever he wants to do and uh, you know sometimes as we surrender to God's will it it means that we may have to face suffering we may have to face pain when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane he had to surrender his will to the father he had to say Lord if it be your your will let this cup pass from me nevertheless not my will but thine be done and what Jesus is saying is he's looking to the crucifixion the next day he prays and asks if, if this cup could somehow be removed And he knew what the will of the Father was, but that day he surrendered his will. He knew that the will of the Father was a bitter cup that he would have to drink suffering and pain and agony and shame. But yet he took the will of the Father, and because of that, he redeemed mankind from their sins. And we thank God that Jesus did the will of the Father. But in our lives, sometimes as we do the will of God, it may mean suffering and pain. When Job had to suffer and be in pain he was in the will of God when Joseph went through all the trials and tribulations that he went through it was it was because he was in the will of God when the early apostles uh, were facing persecution and and imprisonment and some even died they were doing the will of God so just because we do the will of God doesn't mean that our life is going to be perfect and not have pain or suffering but yet, we just have to understand that, that my focus must be on His will. And so that helps us as we pray. My focus then is not, Lord, here's my will and I want it to be done. My focus in prayer is, Lord, I'm going to pray. But if that's not Your will, I can accept that. And I will go on and, and believe that Your will is best. And I'm going to seek Your will. And I'm going to read Your word. And I'm going to s- study the Word of God. So I know Your will. And I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to direct me. And I want Your will to be done in my life. So these are powerful things to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.